Episode 33, The Preacher Man with Jamal Brown. And what is the greatest hustle? Is it the street or is it the church? In an interview with someone that was once close to R. Kelly, yes, I, I did just miss an R. Kelly, said that they were having a conversation and R. Kelly made a statement to him saying that he didn't know whether the greatest hustle was the street or the church. And if you followed, you know, any of R. Kelly's career, you know, he had a point in his career where it looked like he was at a at a crossroads and possibly was transforming or trying to transform his image, turning his sex appeal type music into a more gospel center type of vibe. But life happened and he continued to create the same music he always had. And actually, I remember this was back in the day, probably at my old barbershop where I grew up at. I remember a jet or ebony magazine and the headline was. R. Kelly now sees something wrong with the little bump and grind. And that was basically pointing to his uh, mindset or his change of thought at the time to where I think he was getting s some counsel or being around people, you know, of the faith. I believe around that time, you probably talking about Kirk Franklin, you know, they made a couple records and stuff with him. And I think he was uh, being around him a lot and they was having conversations and stuff of that nature. And, you know, it was out there that, you know, he was having a change of heart of doing the same old type of music that he was doing. But as with a lot of people, I'm sure he had talked about R. Kelly. He had his sour experiences dealing with people within the church and the business around it, which probably from his view gave him good reason to fall away or to not take serious what he had heard and experienced spiritually because a few bad apples ruined the whole thing for him. Because let's be real. There are some people, ministries, pastors, teachers, churches that do take advantage and hustle people out of their emotions and money. But this is just from my view. It seems we find ways to rise above what we call the street hustle side but assume things should be more automatic when it comes to God and spiritual things like rising above the street hustle is having enough common sense, street smarts and experience to know when game is being ran on you and to adapt accordingly. Right. Like it could also mean rising above it by creating your own lane, you know, for yourself by going to college or some form of higher education, you know, then becoming a professional, being a legit entrepreneur or just doing whatever it takes to earn an honest living. It seems we need to have adequate decision making skills, be intentional and have relative life experience to overcome the street hustle. But why can't we use some of those same tools to overcome the savages we may come across within or around the church when it comes to being hustled. Like really, I think quite a few people just use the fact that church can be a hustle as an excuse not to mess with it at all. 
never putting toward any real effort to discern and rise above it. But look, the Bible clearly speaks of people that would not rightly divide the word that will con you and tell of a different gospel than the one God intended. And just like in any other part of our life, we must be intentional and put in relative time and effort so we can be sure of what we're dealing with. And I want to go through a few scriptures, you know, quite a few, probably yeah, quite a few. But the first one I want to deal with is uh second Corinthians 11, second Corinthians 11, one through four. And if you know how we roll, unless I say different, it's always going to be the new living translation. Second Corinthians one through four. And it said, I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promise you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach or a different kind of spirit than the one you receive or a different kind of gospel than the one you believe. Like here in Second Corinthians, Paul is, is speaking of false prophets or false apostles. And this is just me. When I, when I hear people talk about being hustled and stuff by the church, you know, I, I look at verses like this and we're going to get into a few more, but he is really saying that he said that he fears somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. And he used an example, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent back in Genesis. So you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach. Now, this can be somebody that can be speaking of, you know, Jesus, but talking about Jesus in a different way than what was intended by God for you to interpret and to understand. And this can go to people, you know, being hustled and hustling you out your, you know, your money or just how they do certain things and just not a good look. And I want to look at another one. Let's look at uh, Galatians one, Galatians one, six through nine. Where it says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way. That pretends to be the good news, but it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. So, again, Paul is reiterating, repeating himself to uh, the church in Galatia as he was doing in Corinthians to the church in Corinthians. So this is a common theme that Paul is trying to get across to the universal church, the church out there in that area during that time. So he's saying that he's shocked that people are turning away. 
because they're listening to a different good news or being manipulated by someone saying something that sounds good, but it's not what you first welcome. And so this is what we see today. And so when people are shocked or make the reason that, you know, church is a hustle, like, yeah, I'm sure it can be. I'm sure it it can be to you if you don't have your ducks in a row or have what you need in order to rise above it. Let's go to the next one. The next verse I want to look at is first John four verses one through three. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. Again, this is in first John. This is another warning (laughs) that is telling you don't believe everybody who claims to speak by the spirit. And I think we can, you know, get manipulated by the, the presentation of people, you know, how they speak, they speak so well. And, you know, the, the things that they have, the, the jury are the nice stuff that they may have big house and big influence or whatever. And so if they telling you something about God and you should, you think you should automatically believe it just because of everything that surrounds it. But in first John is telling you to don't believe everyone that claims to speak by the spirit. You must test them to see if that spirit they have comes from God. And this is, this is the major key. We have to be able to test those spirits, but somebody be saying, but how do we test them? Well, I'm going to get to that um, a little bit down the line. Uh, Let's go to this next verse in Colossians 2, Colossians 2, verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Again, this is Paul talking to um, the church in uh, Colossia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, so this is three different churches that Paul is is talking to, which I've said before, it's a common theme that he wants people to know, like all these empty philosophies, this high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual power of this world rather than from Christ. So for him saying this, it's obviously that is it can happen or it's being that's something that can frequently happen of uh, this empty philosophies, high sounding nonsense. And if you look out in our world today, it's a lot of that now, probably more. Well, definitely, I can probably say more than ever, you know, with the empty philosophies, the high sounding stuff and, you know, kind of mixes in some Christianity with some Muslim, with some Hinduism, with some Buddhism, you know, all this stuff coming up together. And, you know, he's saying, don't believe that. You know what I'm saying? Coming from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And I want to also look at first Corinthians 14 
and 33, 14 verse 33. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Therefore, God is not a God of confusion and disorder, but of peace and order. Just like in the street, when somebody is selling you something or seems too good to be true or it just plain doesn't make sense and it's confusing. See, like that's a sign, you know, you may not want to purchase or attach yourself to that. Spiritually speaking, there are things that as we get deeper in our relationship with God that may not make total sense in that particular moment. But in general, the gospel message and the core principles are simple. And when others try to muck up the basics in a way where there is confusion, then we should know that God ain't a part of that. No. Um, first Timothy six, first Timothy six verses three through five. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly, godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Now, this is Timothy talking. This is um, Paul's protege. This is Paul's uh, spiritual son. You know, so he's he's talking this. And so if he's talking this, you know, him being around Paul so much and him going to church to church and, you know, hearing Paul speak and them having their private personal conversations and sometimes and stuff like that. I'm sure he heard the same thing Paul was preaching to all those churches. You know, he's saying some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. So. If way back then some people were contradicting the teaching and, you know, hustling their way through or, you know, doing things that is going to promote their secular or evil or negative agenda. Surely now and today with so much access to information and wanting to get a hold of a dollar and greed is probably is running more, even more rampant today. Than it was back in these times, you know, when these books were written, you know, he was saying in verse four, if anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. But from the outside looking in, it can look like somebody is telling you the right things or saying, you know, stuff that sounds good or makes common sense or not common sense, but is reasonable enough. but they saying such a person has an unhealthy desire to quabble over the meaning of words if they're teaching anything that is not promoting a godly life. And said this stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division and slander and evil suspicions. So, again, Timothy is speaking of people that will contradict the actual intention of God's word of his design of what he wants us as new covenant believers to operate and how to think and how to uh, deal with certain parts of our lives. 
And the last uh, verses I want to kind of get into is in the same chapter is uh, 1 Timothy uh, 6, 9, 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation are trapped and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into a ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I'm saying that again, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. This is the primary reason the street and the church are looked at as the greatest hustles, but it is not by God's design. See, money is good just as long as we use it and it's not using and abusing us. See, scriptures like that foretell us the reason why certain people have that kind of mentality in the path that it leads to. But too many people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and make it seem like all of the church is operating with deceit. For me, it's like when we watch certain mainstream news networks and they stereotype black people in a bad light. And as a result, people that don't have much experience being around black people will unfairly paint a whole group of people with one broad stroke because of the incomplete information they were just being exposed to. The people that believe church is the greatest hustle haven't done enough homework or tried to really cultivate a personal relationship with God. How does a person that has lived the street life, the street hustle, know how to navigate and survive in those type of elements? They need to have been around it daily creating and maintaining relationships, seeing how people move, etc. But when it comes to God and the church, a lot of us believe it should just come natural and that whoever we come in contact with talking about spiritual things should have pure motive because, you know, why would anybody want to play with God, right? Why would anyone want to play with God? So I should just maybe just automatically believe what you say because you you look decent, you sound presentable or whatever. So why shouldn't I believe you? And I think too many of us are take that to heart. Like we don't really test anybody out when it comes to uh, spiritual things or when it comes to the church, but in the street, on the street side all the time, like what you say, you got to keep your head on the swivel. Like you got to see what's out here. You got to see, okay, well, he talking good, but I, you know, I, I saw kind of how he moved across the street uh how he talked to such and such, like, I don't, I don't really flow with that. I don't really move like that. I don't think I want, I need, I really need to trust that person. But when it comes to church people, I think we automatically have our guards down because they're talking about God. So why would somebody want to con me talking about God? Like who want to play with God? But, um, it sounds right, but apparently a lot of people want to play with God and a lot of people do play with God. And when you look at the scriptures, they're actually pointing to people that do play with God and warning us about those people. If we look at scripture in the context, you know, it's it's pretty clear that it warns us several times that we need to be aware of people that will manipulate the word. And also we need to test what people tell us by the spirit because false prophets are relevant and there is no way to test or know we're being manipulated or hustled if we're not frequently around spiritual people 
and not just reading the Bible for ourselves, but gaining understanding as we do it. Just as it would be easy for a street hustler to manipulate someone not well versed in that environment, it would be just as easy for a prophet or someone who says they speak for God to hustle us if we're not well versed in the things of God and have a personal working relationship. We can call it discernment or instinct, but basically those things come about when enough time is being spent being around or doing a particular thing. And I've said a few times on episodes on the pod, like you should know I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan and I'm sure when Michael Jordan first started playing basketball or whatever else example you want to use, but Michael Jordan, I'm sure he didn't have the instincts he had when he first got to the NBA. Like it took a lot of time and effort being around the game, thinking and studying it, studying it for him to be elite. Like that makes sense in that particular realm or industry. You can go all the way back or use Michael Jackson, you know, or any artist or anything like that. Um, now, I agree. Some people may have, you know, certain instincts when it comes to it higher than others. But for it to become second nature and just to do it, you got to be around it. You got to study it. You got to think it, you know, but we don't think like that when it comes to, you know, spiritual things or spiritual maturity. Just because one or two friends, for example, may betray us and show their true colors doesn't mean we need to stop having friends or stop creating new relationships. It means we now need to be more aware of who we bring in our circle. We need to pay closer attention to someone's character and how they move than just believe anything they say. But the first couple pastors that betray our trust and feel is hustling their way through ministry. Like just too many of us want to throw the whole faith away or just question the essence of it in general, rather than regroup and mature our own personal relationship with God, then revisit another ministry or evangelist or whatever down the line. You see, the greatest hustler ever to do it is the devil because he finds crafty ways to get people to fall away from the very thing he knows can derail his agenda. And what's his agenda? His agenda is to have as many people as possible to join him and his squad in eternal damnation. And what's crazy is he masks a lot of this, especially in society today, in happiness, love and acceptance. But if we don't spend enough time checking in and maintaining our own relationship with God, we can easily get caught up in going with the flow of society and being a pawn for whatever they want us to believe. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. All right, y'all, thank you all for listening. And if this or any other episode has inspired or blessed you and you feel impressed to give, please, please feel free to hit my cash up. That's dollar sign J-A-M-B-R-O-W-N and the number 82. Again, cash up dollar sign J-A-M-B-R-O-W-N 82. Subscribe, share and comment wherever you're listening. Until next time. Salute.